0: This podcast is produced by Benchmark Education.
1: When it comes to online teaching, it's not about perfection. It's about connection. And your preparation for teaching online is not about pretty schedules. It's about being creative and offering both structure and flexibility. I'm Kevin Carlson, and this is Teachers Talk Shop
0: the biggest thing I've learned is something that I I feel like it's foundational practice in the classroom, is that choice really now matters more than ever.
1: Julie Wright is a teacher, instructional coach, educational consultant, and author. She matches her pedagogical beliefs to her practices, and she helps teachers plan curriculum and instruction that meets students' collective and individual needs. Her most recent book is What Are You Grouping For?, Recently, she spoke with educator and author Patty McGee.
2: Our conversation today is all about the distance learning and trying to keep it simple and being able to, you know, not be perfect at what we're doing, but to reflect and and think about what we um, what we're setting up for students Mm -hmm. and how we're creating these these distance learning spaces, but also creating that connection. So, you know, any trials and missteps, what have you seen
0: works and what hasn't? I'm still lingering on um, your, your words about simplicity. I feel like, um, I don't know if any of us have figured this out yet. You know, I think okay. that the honesty that's coming to the forefront is just pretty amazing about us being humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you and I've talked about that in other conversations and the teachers that I'm talking about, talking with do the same, which I think is such a a really, um, a really great thing right now and, and not trying to have all the answers. Um, I'm thinking about my own kids first um, because right now I feel like that's one of my main focus areas. And I've been trying really hard. I'm not sure if I've been successful. I think there are days I feel like I am and others where I'm wondering about trying to remember to ask them what they need. I think that I started this whole thing thinking it was temporary and I created schedules and I made all these decisions Mm -hmm. and um, asking them, you know, like, what do you need? And, and, and doing that earlier rather than later, mostly because I was like, listening to them and it wasn't always their words it was their actions and their body language um, trying to run around being super everything to everyone to make everything okay because we want to control things
1: one of the most important things julie discovered about planning during remote learning was also one of the most basic that's coming up after the break
3: looking for more information about distance learning Benchmark Education has created resources to support teachers, students, and their families. All developed specifically with remote teaching and learning in mind. Learn more at benchmarkeducation.com.
0: I feel like the biggest thing I've learned is something that I like I feel like it's foundational practice in the classroom is that choice really now matters more than ever, um, because kids don't always understand all the things and all the changes that are coming at it, or maybe they understand too much. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Depending. Yeah. So like yeah. choice in where you work and choice in how you work and yeah. assuming that there are parameters that have been set up by schools that allow for that, which I feel like yeah. everyone I've talked to, there's so much flexibility in it, yeah. which is a good thing. Um Mm-hmm. you know, I had these scheduled breaks for my kids and then they were like, what you want us yes.
3: to what? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was
0: like, I worked so hard at it. So I think that, yeah. you know, like now they figured, they have figured it out and we have some like parameters around it, but like them being able to say, and sometimes it depends on their mood, right? A day right. brings about different things based on how they're feeling or what the weather's like. So
2: yeah,
0: um, yeah I laugh about it. You know, I, I thought I was so savvy and like, getting everyone out of the family room for one of my kids. Cause he had to sing for a choir class and he ended up, oh. didn't like any of the things I had set up for him okay. and it didn't work for him. And the dog was bugging him and mm-hmm. he figured out, I want to go to your car and set up my own music studio without the car running, but I'll be by myself. And that has worked every week, which is, wow. I would never have come up with that. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the kind of sweet spots, I guess.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, some bigger conclusions that we can draw from that story are one, that when we try something, it might not work. (laughs) And two, um, maybe it's not wise to just keep plugging away at something that isn't working and get creative with something that is or that might. And by asking, what do you need in order for this to happen? So I think those are the things that you were saying.
0: I agree. And I had to like, as a, as a parent, let alone an educator, I had to decide, is this convenient for me? Is that why I'm making a decision? You know, I think it's some of that too. And sometimes you have to like have a parameter because Five people need on high speed Wi-Fi at once. Yes. you know, round here, right. or whatever. And other times we can be just flexible. And I think that's yeah. the key: is like taking like a moment and like breathing a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, you know, being good to ourselves, and you know, yeah. moving aside sometimes.
2: <laughs> yeah. So let's start to like move into some simple things that we can do to support this distance learning. And I have to say that I've noticed a big difference with my daughter. Um, in distance learning now that she has had some video check-ins with uh, her teachers. And I just feel so much for the teachers that have um, young children and especially a few young children at home. <laughs> and in that time, I think it's, it's become really evident that when they do check in with my daughter, that they just take a couple of minutes. They, they schedule the time and they're just saying hello. Often they have their kids on their laps or they're doing other things at the same time. But something as simple as that has made a really big difference. Um, I know that we can't always do that depending on the tech um, that's at hand, but that's one really simple move that I found has made a world of difference. Yeah, I would,
0: I would agree this with you. Learning. My kids just have had a change. They've had multiple phases of this in mm-hmm. our, my kids' school district, mm-hmm. as have some districts that I've um supported it's been interesting and the and they're calling it phases or stages and none of it really mirrors exactly it's all about the the environment and what they have available and what kind of things that they want to accomplish and how long is this lasting and you know it's all these decisions that go into it and I think that um that when my kids have had a chance to check in with people too, you see a difference and um, they also see teachers as um, not that they don't see teachers as real in, in the front of a classroom mm-hmm. or at the side of the classroom in a small group or wherever they are, but there is a reality. My, um, my kids' favorite thing is learning about their teachers at home. You know, we yeah. learned this week that one of my kids teachers have has three kids under three yeah. Um, You know, my son knew that she had three kids, but he didn't know they were under three. And that's changes your perspective a little bit about what they're, I think, well, when I can't juggle everything, I'll just channel that teacher because I don't have three under three. I have three, but they're not under three.
3: Um, You know, I've noticed,
0: I've noticed um, a big difference with my kids when teachers check in and say, how are you doing? Can you rate yourself? How do you feel right now? compared to yesterday, and then like, what do you need? I think that's a significant question. Yeah. Is there anything you need from me? Is there anything you need from home? And that's a lot of data for people to sort through and there's a lot of, you know, can they respond to all of that? But I think the simple task of figuring out ways to ask or to notice is really important.
1: After the break, Patty and Julie share some simple ways to make instruction more effective while teaching remotely.
3: Have a topic in mind? Visit us at teacherstalkshop.com and submit your topic idea. Or need an answer about a teaching practice or the podcast? You can email your questions and topic ideas to info at teacherstalkshop.com.
2: Let's get really practical now in terms of um, just some really simple ways to make distance learning more Effective, I guess. In we were talking about it being both structured and flexible. Yeah. So when we were preparing for this conversation, one of the things that you brought up that I think everyone would really benefit from hearing is the the concept of like the planning time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. You and I, you you and I. I don't even know how we got on that topic. Maybe it was a question that we were posing each other, but we had this great conversation around um, just this idea of like, how do you if you used to plan in units, how do you still hold true to this like connected learning and tissue and the threads that go through? And how do you make it so that kids feel that, you know, because you don't have that same structure going on. And Mm -hmm. so some of the teachers that I've been working with, and I'm not suggesting we have figured it out. We're not standing in a mountaintop saying, oh my gosh, this is do this because there's not one way to do it. But something that feels like it's working is planning in one and two week chunks. And that can mean lots of different things for people, but, um, you know, saying to kids this week, we're going to try to go after whatever that thing is. And here are the series of learning opportunities. Here are the must do's here are the can do's Mm -hmm. here might be a menu of choices. You know, some teachers Mm -hmm. and I, we made a misstep. We gave kids all these choices because we thought choice was good. And then we learned, by kids either telling us or by the work that it was too many choices. So now we're sizing down our choices because we're not there to support them. So, you know, some of those kinds of things, the types of choices that we give them um, Mm -hmm. before we plan to say, does this feel like a three day kind of thing or a Mm -hmm. five day kind of thing and trying to be in the shoes of kids. Um, One little thing that I did with a teacher yesterday, which I, you know, we were both like, oh, we should have been doing that two weeks ago is we planned a little learning progression and then we, and I know the kids in her class. So we, we each picked like two kids and we said, how are they going to wrestle with this? How do we envision them? And it helped Mm -hmm. us change our plans a little bit Mm -hmm. because we channeled specific kids uh, for one reason or another. You know, so that that might help.
2: Yeah, definitely. And once I think about what I want students to do across a week or across two weeks, I wanted to keep it really simple in terms of like, we only need a certain amount of materials. We need books and Mm -hmm. we need pencil and paper, (laughs) right? Where the simplicity also is in like eliminating worksheets and kind of like tasky things. And in turn, think about how we can support true and authentic writing and reading at home.
0: Yeah.
2: And when, you know, in a world where schedules come out, like we just talked about before that are all color coded um, and we find they're not working, I think we can eliminate that and just really think about what are the things that we can um, show kids in some way, whether through video or through, um, sharing a strategy of some sort that really will contribute to authentic reading and authentic writing.
0: We say process over end product, but in this Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. process matters so very much. There's a a, a teacher extraordinaire out West who is Uh trying to figure out how kids can study their neighborhood Uh uh, without like being in stores and things. You know, she's going to go after process of like the products that they create the process is going to matter more than the end product. And so we did a a bunch of noodling around the types of really easy things you can do. Uh, And she's just beginning her journey with this little study. Um, Things you can do, you know, with a clipboard and a piece of paper um, and how you can show what you've learned in your thinking. So I think that's really important. The other thing that I think is a really good tip is, um, the idea of like trying it on yourself first, right? yes. <laughs> you know, to create that model for kids study right alongside of them. Yeah. Um, my kids and I, my, my two boys here at home were, mm-hmm. We're in a little book club, a reading and writing book club together. And at first they didn't care for it, but when they realized I was doing the work too, we each have our own writer's notebook. Yeah. Uh, we each have our own book. We have our book stacks. Yeah. And I think that they saw the investment there that, like, okay, she's not just making us do it, we're doing it together. And I think that goes yeah. a long way with kids. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I think that's one of those things that we, we were talking about this as we were preparing for this conversation, but we're noticing that things that Um, are really important in the physical classroom setting (laughs) like Mm -hmm. us modeling our own thinking us sharing our own pieces like I have just a few like right next to me as a matter of fact of the things that I've done as I've created those um, for distance learning but that's strong teaching whether at a distance or you know sitting side by side and and really you know when we think about it I guess what's helpful for us as educators is to just pause, like take a deep breath and think about what do we value most and how can we support those things that we value? So if we, if we value pencil to paper time, how can we promote that happening
0: at home? A great example of that is um, a teacher last week um, said, I'm so used to sharing kids work under the doc camera. Yes. And I said, oh yeah, right. That's like a pivotal practice. And she said, I think I'm just going to tell kids that we're going to start. She was having kids create some lists of things for reading and writing. And she said, you know, it's actually easier to share more now than ever. I just need to like change the way I'm sharing it and make sure that I talk about it. And so I do think yeah. that some of the practices we do, we just have to think about the new platform in which we're sharing, but some of those same practices still ring true so that we don't go back and pull out a crossword puzzle that yeah. may have had value in some way, shape, or form in, a, in an indoor recess kind of way and not yeah. make it be our main um, instruction because we don't know what
1: else to do. Self-care and silver linings after the break.
3: If you're a teacher, Benchmark Education invites you to select the free ebook library of your choice, specifically curated for families and educators to use at home: K through 6 English, K through 6 Spanish, or K through 6 Dual Language. Each is supported by a free idea-packed at-home family guide. Simply sign up to get instant access when you go to benchmarkeducation.com/distancelearning.
2: It's been a real journey in learning about distance learning um, and supporting students, teachers, and my own children with it. Um, But one of the things about it is, you know, it's okay if it doesn't go well, we just pause and yeah, I think you call it pivot. <laughs> yeah, we pause and pivot when it's not going well. It's okay when that happens.
0: Yeah, I was telling it. You know, I said to a, um, a, a small group of teachers that that I'm doing a bulk of planning with, and we're planning, and then we take a break, and then they implement it, and we get together and we reflect about it. We came up with this little checklist. I'm not sure this is the checklist everyone should use, but we needed something to hang on to, and so we asked ourselves like, is what we just planned for kids is it doable? Like, can people do it? And then the big one for us is like, is it sustainable? Like, like, it sounds great, but like, we're going to be here for a little bit. So is it sustainable? And then we always ask, like people who work alongside of me, we say, is it efficient and effective? Are our efforts going to be efficient and effective? And, you know, that's hard to gauge sometimes, but this idea of, um, we've been working in like a studio mindset. Like let's imagine mm-hmm. that everything that we do is a week-long studio or a three-day studio where we have time nice. to have mm-hmm. like an, like a, our craft, our, our piece of art is really the curriculum. Yeah. And I know that it sounds a little flowery, but it's actually helped our mindset of saying we don't have to accomplish everything in one day. We, yeah. can, we can spread it out a little bit and and then react or do that pivot when we think we need to. Um, it also helps us, you know, give us gives us time to breathe a little bit too and to poke into kids' work as they're um, completing it or helping kids who maybe aren't completing it to figure out why yes. not.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that goes into something else where um, we as educators, you know, wear our hearts on our sleeves and we are always doing everything we can to connect, um, to support, to reach out to be flexible, Um, but I don't know if we all do that for ourselves as educators. And so I think it's important that there's time for a little bit of educator self-care too. Mm, Um, And especially if these are educators that are creating distance learning experiences for their own students, and then also supporting distance learning for their own children, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, day-to-day togetherness like that, there really needs to be some self-care,
0: um, for teachers. And yeah, <laughs> part, part of my self-care is acknowledging that we're going to have some missteps and making yeah. that okay. And almost self-talking around it. It's yeah. like an internal dialogue I have with myself all the time. Um, also like not trying too many things at once, like we're teachers are like problem solvers by nature. And we want to help people, yeah. all people, it doesn't matter if you help, learners who are adults or learners who are kids, we sort of got into this business to be the support. When this whole thing kind of started, I felt very ungrounded, you know, what's my role and how am I going to help people? And I decided that like every week, and I'm saying this out loud, but I can't say I've been completely successful all the time. That's the misstep to say it's okay. Is like, I said to myself, what can I do for like my home? because being here at home, we're here a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, What can I do for myself? Like, what do I care about? What do I want to learn or do? Um, What do I want to do for others? The others is a big bucket of people, both professional and personal. And then I think like the self-care comes from everybody making their own buckets of like what... What are the buckets that you wanna to try to accomplish? It's given me a sense of purpose um, yeah. at a time where I feel like I'm not sure. I have lots of purpose, but I'm not sure how to spend my time. or I end up spending it too much in one place. So
2: yeah. one of the things that we really wanted to end with was thinking about um, the silver linings of these moments of you know, this time together, um, distance learning and what we're walking away with. I think that's also a form of self-care is to pause and think about what are the silver linings here. Even though um, there are hard parts going on, there are certain things that are good right now.
0: For me, being able to take the time to take a pulse, I feel like busyness is so... You know, sometimes it gets the best of us. That's a yeah. huge silver lining for, for me, yeah. my work, my family. We're having conversations around worldly views that we never had before, yeah. um, at least not and is at, to the, to the um, magnitude that we're having them now. And I think that's really good for our family unit and maybe our world. Um, I treasure my backyard. I always treasured my garden, but now I just, I wander through my garden that has nothing in it right now in different yeah. ways. Um I don't know, staying connected with people. I haven't seen people, I haven't given them a hug, but I've seen them yeah. and talked with them.
2: I also think that one of the silver linings was seeing more humanity mm. in each other. Yeah. That as students, we're seeing our teachers be like they're human, <laughs> their yeah. moms, their dads, <sighs> they're um they're people who are doing the very best they can. And also, you know, we're just really recognizing the heart within
0: other people during this time. On a professional level, I talk to people all the time about how um, you, know, you have to have a thinking partner. This work is too important and too complex to do it alone. And at a time when people feel isolated, the number of people reaching out, looking for thinking partnerships, wondering about things, being curious about their kids, like that has not ceased. It has actually yeah. skyrocketed. So yeah. the idea of like, that's a huge silver lining. Like yeah. it's, it's really hard right now to shut your door and isolate yourself, um, which is um, a really beautiful thing for kids because they benefit from that um, and just enjoying the simple things.
1: Thank you to Patty McGee and Julie Wright for sharing their thinking on simplicity and connection in distance learning. Next time on the Teacher's Talk Shop podcast, Patty is joined by author and educator Travis Crowder, and they discuss a topic especially relevant to teachers and students during times of quarantine and social distancing, finding the joy of the ordinary. That's next time on the Teacher's Talk Shop podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm Kevin Carlson. If you like what you hear on the Teachers Talk Shop podcast, please leave us a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts. And let other people in your professional network know that you like the show. We are all learning together. Thank you for listening. I'm Kevin Carlson.